the scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen? It is the will of God for us to be a rejoicing and to be a thankful people. And if you're struggling with knowing God's will for your life, start with what is clear to us all. Amen? If you don't know what to do, because there will be a lot of people that come up like, I just want to know God's will. This, this is clear. If you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. Amen? And, and that, just, that just sets the tone for uh, the series that we're starting uh, this morning. And, and uh, it's called Anchored by Gratitude, the message. This is our Generous Life series. I'm excited about it. Because as I was moving forward into this in preparation, I was struck by a simple thought that a generous life is not possible without being anchored by gratitude and by being a thankful person. Amen. How many of you love to be around people that are thankful? How many of you understand that our culture is just almost the opposite in so many ways? Okay, UCLA Health Journal reports the implications of being a thankful person. You would think it's just get up and quit being grumpy. How many of you like are a little grumpy in the morning? Okay, we're going to break that spirit off you right now in Jesus' name. <laughs> but the UCLA Health Journal reports the health implications of being a thankful person. Number one, being a thankful person reduces depression. A, a review of 70 different studies that include responses from more than 26,000 people found an association between higher levels of gratitude and lower levels of depression. Being a thankful person, they found that it lessens anxiety, it supports your heart health, it relieves stress, it improves your sleep. Numerous studies show that being thankful is beneficial to your sleep, your mood, and helps your immune system. It helps your immune system. Listen, a study in 221, 2021 found that keeping a, keeping a, grad, a gratitude journal caused a significant drop in diastolic blood pressure. It slows your heart rate and regulates your breathing. We think just being thankful is like, okay, because things are good, we're going we're gonna to be thankful. But there's something profound I mean, if you think about this, if you, if you had a doctor that said, listen, I can help you lessen your anxiety, I can help support your heart health, relieve your stress, improve your sleep, you would want a prescription. Seriously, write me up a prescription, doctor, fill in the blank, because this is all really good stuff. And so they pull this sheet out, and it just says, be thankful. Is that it? Is it that simple? Now, listen, it's not, it's not that simple when you're going through difficult things and life has got trials and there's loss, but it's simple if you're anchored in gratitude. If you understand, if you understand the, the biblical um, uh, framework of gratitude, thanksgiving is probably one of the most powerful principles that God has released in our lives. We're actually created for it. We actually do a lot better when we're thankful and when we're grateful. And it's maybe one of the most underutilized. Thanksgiving is a principle that is released on earth. It combats selfishness. 
independence. It's eternal. It's a key to entering the presence of God. How many of you realize that? How many of you like it when show, somebody shows up at your doors with complaint? Like, okay, it's a lot better when they show up and they're thankful. Amen? Um, it joins us with what is already happening in heaven. It's the means by which we look at situations and people differently. Thanksgiving, thankful people actually are people that heal relationships. Relationships are healed by having an attitude of gratitude. And it's the only sacrifice that's spoken of continuing in the New Testament. Thanksgiving is the genuine expression of gratitude. It's not just this occasional thankful person, but one who changes the culture and swims against the current of being thankless and entitled. We have a culture that's thankless and entitled. And what have you done for me lately? And that's not how we carry ourselves as believers. The hallmark of a decaying and a degenerate society, I want to say that again because I want you to listen with your good ear. The hallmark of a decaying and degenerate society is thanklessness. Listen to the scripture, Romans 1.21. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks but they became futile in their reasoning and their senseless hearts were darkened. The hallmark of a believer is the opposite. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything but everything in prayer and pleading with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And then it goes on in Philippians 2, 14 and 15 to say, Do all things without complaining or arguments, so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among you who appear as lights in the world. Listen, beyond our being a person of gratitude and expression and thankful will set you apart from the culture that you're in the midst of. It, it really will. It'll change some things. It's a powerful expression of the kingdom of God wherever you might find yourself. You can walk into a situation, and if you walk into a situation with gratitude for maybe what God has rescued you from, I mean, every time that I, I get a little bit kind of feeling kind of like, oh, hey, I've got this thing worked out, or maybe my attitude is not right, or I feel a little entitled, I remember that God delivered me from sin. He delivered me from, I mean, his purposes were so much higher than what my thoughts and dreams were. And every time that I do that, I take myself back and I say, thank you, Jesus, that you didn't give up on me, that you pursued me. Thank you that you were like a, that, you know, you were like a, a, a dog on a bone, so to speak. You were not going to let me go. Even when I wanted to go in a different direction, you only let me go so far. And, and that, that brings me back to just this amazing sense of gratitude in my life. Can I tell you this morning that the enemy of thankful is complaint? The enemy of thankful is complaint. And they don't coexist together. They really don't. I'm, my wife, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit sounds like the voice of your spouse. And the other day, I was just kind of, because I'm, I'm going to tell you right this morning that basically I'm preaching to myself as well. 
a few days ago, and I was, I was kind of, you know, whatever, you know, and she's, wow, you're really complaining, aren't you? I'm like, no, I'm not complaining. I'm kind of dissecting the situation. I'm analyzing. You know, no, I wasn't. I was complaining. <laughs> and it's just like, dang. But the enemy of thankful is complaint. And just as being thankful has health implications that are all good, they're all good, okay? Basically, complaining has health implications that are all bad. There's not one good one. Complaining, the enemy has a prescription called complaint. The Lord has a prescription called thankfulness. Which one are you going to walk in? Okay, so check this out. Stanford University reports complaining, this is crazy, shrinks the hippocampus, which is the area of the brain that's critical to problem solving and intelligent thought. Isn't that crazy? Repeated complaining results in higher levels of cortisol being released, higher heart disease, high cholesterol, diabetes, obesity, and stroke. Why don't you just go ahead and put that can of complaint back in your pocket? Because it's not doing us any good. It's not changing the world. It's not changing our workplace. It's not changing our schools. It's not changing our neighborhood. And yet it's so easy to fall into because there's a, it's like, um, oh man, it's like kind of like, I don't know if you've experienced this, oh, you health-conscious people, but I do really good, like, eating until I have some sugar. And then when I have sugar, it's like, it's like, give me more. Give me more. I need more. I mean, Robbie is a lot more disciplined than I am. She'll come out with this little, like, little piece of chocolate. She loves chocolate, you know, like, especially the, the higher cocoa content or what doesn't even taste like chocolate to me it's not like milk chocolate you know it's not like Reese's peanut butter cup chocolate but she'll she'll come out with this little square and she'll eat it and she'll bring me one and I'm like cool I have one right <laughs> and then when she's not looking I'll go sneak in the kitchen I'm looking for the whole bar baby I'm like where'd she get that from that wasn't even good but something in it just like pulls you it's addictive and that's how complaining is complaining is like that there's something that's alluring there's something that feels right because in a way what we're trying to do is we're trying to express emotions that we are not processing in a correct way that ain't right that's not right and you know there's a lot of things that are unjust and unjust out in the world today that probably yes but do I change it by getting that can of you-know-what out of my back pocket and complaining. Scientists report that the complaining, that complaining negatively affects our neural networks. The more that we complain, the darker that we see things, and there's a physical uh, degradation of our thinking. And that's actually the same area of the brain that Alzheimer affects. You complain... And it's affecting your stinking thinking. That's what's happening. And so it's like, man, because I'm so used to it. 
I get comfortable with it. How many of you realize I get into a rhythm of it? How many of you realize that the rhythm of being thankful and grateful is different? But you got to shake some things up and you got to move some things in a different way. There's a, there's a thankfulness that we're supposed to be carrying because that is the will of God. There's no, there's no scripture that says it's okay, it's holy complaint. Well, I'm complaining, I'm, I'm holy complaining. No, you're not, you're complaining. Adam was the first complainer. Started out, I mean, think about this. I, I love this. I don't know if you've ever pictured this before, but so God creates the garden and creates, you know, every living thing. And then, and then the scripture says that there, but there was not yet a man to tend the garden. So then he does this amazing, wonderful, beautiful thing. And he creates Adam and he breathes life into him. And then he partners with Adam. And I love this. I mean, I could just see this in my head where, where that now God is actually parading all of the, the creatures that he has uh, created and breathed life into and spoke into, and he's letting Adam partner with him and give them names, right? I'm thinking, wow, that is such a cool picture. What a perfect, perfect picture. And then we see that the Bible says that yet there was not uh, anyone to be a companion to him. And so then God created Eve, and I can't help but think that God created Eve right as Adam was watching and aware of it. And then, you know, maybe so, so God maybe puts him under and takes the rib out or whatever he does. And then Adam wakes up and is like, oh, she's perfect. Woman, perfect. She's perfect. Well, then we know that the sin and the fall came. And then we have this little interaction because Adam was basically then being confronted by God. And it says in Genesis 3.12, and the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me some of the stuff of the tree and I ate. It was her fault. It was the first actually documented case of blame shifting and complaint. I'm actually complaining about this beautiful gift that God gave me. Throws her under the bus just like that. Complaining is contagious. It's contagious. I mean, it's like sugar. Right? You hang around with somebody that's complaining, and pretty soon, even if you're trying to change the tide, you can find yourself slipping into complaining. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. That's not right. I can't believe that they did that. I can't believe they're operating like that. You know, and I mean, come on, we've got so many things, man. I'm just go drive by the gas station, you know, and the prices of gas. I'm never so glad to get out of Washington than when I hit Idaho and I look at a gas station. But I can't complain. I'm like, oh, I'm so thankful to be in Idaho. <laughs> right? Where every time we turn around, we've got something that is probably justifiably wrong because actually the right and wrong in us allows us to identify right and wrong. And so what we do, though, is we complain about the wrong, and then many times we're not being thankful about the right. And so there's, it's inequitable. It's like, come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? It's like out here pretty soon you're just like, oh, my goodness. It's like 
It's like telling your spouse how many things that they do wrong all the time, and every once in a while you slip, and I'm thankful for this. Guess what? The scales don't measure up. And it does something to you. It does something inside of you. And it does something inside of the person because being a thankful person is not just this between us and God. It's this on a horizontal level. And I'm telling you what, you can change the way that people think about themselves by being thankful and being grateful and, and being able to, to actually express it. Well, I'm thinking it. No, that doesn't, it doesn't work for me. It, works, it, it doesn't work for my wife. I mean, she knows I love her, but she wants me to express it to her in words and breath, right? I'm thankful for so many people in our church community. I mean, if you could see the rewards that you are uh, being set up in, in heaven, if you could see the favor of God on you, I think it would encourage you even more. I'm thankful for people that have the courage to sit on the front row. <laughs> I'm thankful for people who serve people. I'm, I'm thankful for people who actually express their emotions and, and their gratitude for other people because it changes everything. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for my, for my church administrator. She's amazing. <laughs> I don't know what we would do without her. I mean, I know there's Jesus and the Holy Spirit and then there's Crystal. I'm thankful for my wife. I don't know what I would be. I probably couldn't even dress myself halfway decently if it wasn't for my wife. And she's saying, yes, amen. And I'm thankful for that. I mean, I come out all the time. What do you think? Ah, she's so gracious. She'll like, I like what I'm seeing. I'm like, cool, that makes me feel good. But if she doesn't say anything, or if she says, do you, do you, do you like that? Then I know, oh, she's not complaining. But I'm grateful. I, I'm grateful for my young adult pastor. You know, I, I'm grateful for how he leads worship and how he's sensitive to the Holy Spirit and how he preaches. I'm grateful to the main guy that's running the sound in the back because if it wasn't for the main guy, there wouldn't be like, it, I'm, I'm telling you what, he can make anybody sound terrible if he wanted to. See, gratitude changes the room. Thankfulness changes the room. And if we're honest, we get inundated with negative, caustic, critical, cynical type of stuff that comes in us all the time. And we have to change that because this is what we're called to do. This is the will of God, to be thankful. Complaining is contagious. In Numbers 14, the spies had come back, and the complaint and negative report of the 10 affected the rest of the people, and they actually wanted to stone Moses, Joshua, Caleb, and Aaron. Caleb, or I'm sorry, complaining was the biggest reason that the people of Israel took a journey that should have been 11 days and turned it into 40 years. It was complaint. 
Have you ever thought about that? I'm, I mean, I, I, this, it's like the, the, the Greek word for complainer is one who is discontent with his lot in life. Because the essence of complaint is usually something internal where you don't like what you have. Come on, it got real quiet in here. That's the internal thing, and then we're expressing that. We're born complaining, and we really get good at it, right? I mean, we get good at it. We made it an art. We modeled it to our children. I'm telling you what, if you're here as a guest, we just, we're real. We just are real. But if I'm, a, if I'm a football parent, soccer parent, whatever, and I'm complaining at all times about the coach, about the reps, about the calls, about the stuff, guess what? At some point in time, my children are going to do in excess what I do in moderation. I'm, I, I'm sorry. And then we, we, we've got, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Repetitive complaining will attract things for you to complain about. And repeated gratitude will attract things to be thankful for. There is a sowing and reaping that happens. God will, be will not be mocked. As a man sows, so shall he reap. Complaining is something we should be terrified of, honestly. I, as I was just like praying and studying this thing, I became so convicted because it's so easy to fall into that complaint corridor. And I realized, oh my gosh, when I see God's response in the Bible to complaining, it actually should put a little holy terror in you. It really should. It says this in Numbers 14, 1 through 6. Then all the congregation raised their voices and cried out, and the people wept that night, and all the sons of Israel grumbled, grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the entire congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. Can you, can you believe that? People that have been in captivity for 400 years. And then they're brought out, and they've seen miracles. So listen, we're, none of us are immune to falling into complaint. I mean, you look, if I saw the miracles that they saw, there's no way I'd be complaining. Man, they saw stuff happen that you and I have never actually seen visually. And yet, it says if we had only died in the land of Egypt or if we had died in this wilderness, they were actually preferring death to what they're complaining. So why is the Lord bringing us in this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let's appoint a leader and go back into the captivity that we were rescued from, in essence. And then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of all the assembly of the congregation and of the sons of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and of those who spied out the land, tore their clothes and you know why they did it? Because they realized what an affront that was to God. They were terrified because they realized, oh, the complaining and the grumbling is going to elicit a response from God that we don't want to have any part of. 
there should be a terror and a fear in us when we come to the grumbling and complaining. Because when we see time after time in the Bible, God's response to it was never good. Oh, I love that complaining. I'm going to call it holy. No. He actually led to death. Moses and Aaron hit their faces as they understood how much of a violation that was. Paul writes this in, in Corinthians, that we're not to make the same mistakes as Israel did in the wilderness. We see in 1 Corinthians 10, 9 through 11, nor are we to put the Lord to the test, as some of them did and were killed by the snakes, nor grumble, as some of them did and were killed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. I don't know about you, but Jesus, please forgive me for complaining. Please forgive me. Complaining puts us in danger of judgment. That, that, that's scary right there. I'm telling you, if you came and you're just hoping that, you know, there'd be some just, oh, I just, I just need a really good word to lift me up and all this. This is probably a word that will change your life for the better. Because if you will actually take this in you and make it who you are, you're going to start changing the culture around you. You're going to start changing your family. You're going to start changing the response. You're going to start changing the relationship that you have with your spouse if you quit complaining about them and start being thankful for them. Come on, can I get an amen from somebody? In James 5, 9, it says, do not complain, brothers and sisters, against one another, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. I'm like, that's, that's scary. I want to go back and repent for, you know, for so much, because it's like sometimes we just fall into it so easy. Sometimes we get stuck in the rut of complaint and need some help both spiritually and practically to get out of it, right? How many of you realize that sometimes you can just get in a habit and then pretty soon you just realize, man, I'm just kind of flowing in this thing and all this and you realize I got to get out of this habit, man. I, gotta, I, I need something to happen. Here's a practical way to get out of the rut, the habit or the rhythm of complaint. You guys ready? Take some good notes. Begin each day journaling and, or saying out loud the things that you do have. Begin each day. God, I'm thankful for that great night of sleep I had last night. And if you didn't have a good night of sleep, God, I'm grateful that I woke up from that bad sleep I had last night. You know, I mean, seriously. You can actually start, instead of focusing on the job that you don't have, focus on the job that you do have. Instead of complaining about the physical issue you have, give thanks for the health that you do have. It's like, man, my knee ain't working right, God. Yeah, but praise God, my arms are and my leg, the other leg is and it's good. And I can see and I can hear and I can still take in, I can still eat Thanksgiving dinner. Your knee didn't keep you from eating turkey. You know what I'm saying? So give thanks. I mean, change some things around because life is never, sometimes the check engine light comes on, but you got to focus on the stuff that's actually working. 
That's what I'm doing. I can't do some of the things physically I used to do. And if I complained about it, it's not going to do me any good. Give thanks to God and then give thanks to God's people. It will change some things. It changes how people relate to you when you express your thanks and your gratitude for who they are. Because if we're honest, when people express that to us, it changes how we think about them and how we think about ourselves, doesn't it? How many of you love it when somebody actually points something out that, you know, I'm grateful for you for, for how you hold yourself or how you carry yourself or how you say this. I'm grateful for you for how you didn't react in that really tense time. I'm grateful that you kept an even keel. I'm grateful that I don't see the anger in you that I saw years ago. I'm grateful that, you know, you can, you can actually start changing everything and how you, how you verbalize with people. And, and it changes how you are relationally. You know, you might find yourself with so many friends, you don't know what to do with them all. Because you know what? They'll like to be around you because you appreciate them and you love them. You really do. And you find out that the people that are chronically complaining, people just, well, they'll draw some people that are like, you know. And then you've got like a group of chronic complainers. But they don't have the kind of relationship because if somebody is going to complain at some point in time, that's going to turn towards you. If they're going to gossip about somebody else, at some point in time, they will gossip about you. I love the story of the ten lepers in, 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 in Luke. And it, I don't think we put this up there, but Luke 17, 11 through 19. Speaking to Jesus, and while he was on his way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, ten men with leprosy who stood at a distance met him, and they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he'd been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, fell on his face, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. But Jesus responded, Were there not ten? See, it's important to God that we give thanks, that we're grateful people. So, was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, stand and go, your faith has made you well. The one leper received another level of blessing that the other nine didn't by being thankful, by having gratitude. Something spiritual happened because of a determination to respond and glorify God. And with the practical, many times you have to address the spiritual. It's first the natural, then the spiritual. There's practical things and there's, there's spiritual things. Can I have our worship team come and help me? And I so appreciate them. It's, it, it, it's fun to just be part of a community of people that love to worship and and they practice and they sacrifice and they give their they give their time they give their talent to the Lord man I'm just I'm so grateful I'm so grateful 
I'm going to pray this morning that God delivers us from a strategy and a spirit of complaining. Psalmist wrote, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. And sometimes, can, can, I just be, can I just be frank? I'm Jeff, but I want to be frank with you. Sometimes we do, our complaining can find itself in various forms. Sometimes we're complaining on social media. Man, I mean, social media has, has, has fostered a, an army of people that can hide behind their keyboard. And it's complaint, and it's complaint, and it's complaint. And I realize, yes, there's things that are broken in this world. There's things that aren't right. There's things that our government does, and I'm like, what in the world are they doing? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not hiding and unaware. But I recognize, man, if I keep taking that stuff into my spirit, it turns something in my spirit in a, in, a, in a way that pretty soon I'm embittered, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, and I'm not thankful because those two things just don't coexist. I'm a complaining person that's really thankful. That's, that's an illusion. And I'm not saying that, you know, you don't deal with things and you're not active and changing things because a lot of times you're aware of stuff and you realize, okay, I've got to, I'm here, I'm called to stand in the gap and I'm called to actually make a change and make a shift, but you've got to do it with thankfulness. You'll never accomplish anything by complaining. See, to cultivate and live a life of generosity, a spirit of complaint cannot be tolerated. It's like, I'm a liar, but I'm honest. No, it's, it doesn't work that way. Let me say this again. To cultivate and live a life of generosity, a spirit of complaint cannot be tolerated because I believe that it's not just a practical thing that happens because there's broken stuff and we've experienced pain and we've walked through stuff. I believe that the enemy actually releases something in a spiritual strategy that actually is very addictive and it moves through us and we get caught up in it and we don't know how to get out of the bondage of it. We're going to close our service this morning by reading Psalm 100 together. And, and I'm, I'm praying that this will be a prayer that changes our week, that changes the atmosphere in our homes, that changes the atmosphere in our hearts and our businesses and our schools and our marketplace. Can we all stand this morning? I want us to read this together. Can you make this your prayer? Can you actually, can you actually just say, okay, God, today I come to you. And, and, and that's actually one of the disciplines of prayer is actually to pray scripture. So we're going to pray scripture together this morning. We're going to start. Shout joyfully to the Lord. All the earth, serve the Lord 
with jubilation. Come before him with rejoicing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is not he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are the people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and, and his courtyards with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Can we say that again? Give thanks to him and bless his name. One more time. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. Oh, my word. Will that be our prayer today, O oh God? Can that be our prayer today, O oh God? Can we sing that song? Can we just worship for a moment? We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars, we were the beggars. God more than when somebody says, Jesus, today I will follow you. If you're here this morning, we always give an opportunity. And, and maybe you felt the grace of God, the presence of God, the love of God. Maybe you know about Jesus, but you've never taken that, that declaration, that step of saying, today I become a believer. Just bow your heads, if you would, all over this place. Jesus, I pray if there's someone here this morning, they've never accepted you as Lord and Savior, that God, they would just open their hearts right now, that right now there would be the determination to say, today I become a follower of Jesus. Please forgive my sin. Thank you for calling me, Lord. I feel the calling on my life, and today is the day I respond to it. If that's you today, you've never given your heart to Christ. But you're saying, today I want to do that. I want you to raise your hand right now. 
and we're going to celebrate with you. We, we don't do this. We do this in community because this is family. So if you're here and you're saying, today, Pastor, I want to give my heart to this Jesus, would you just raise your hand so I can see you, so I can see you, so we can do this together, we can pray with you. Here's what I want to do. I feel like, can I have our prayer teams come up? We've got people that, as we continue to worship just for a couple more minutes, they're ready to pray with you. They're ready to to maybe break some stuff off because I had to recognize that actually that complaint thing was actually a spiritual strategy. It was a stronghold. It was a, a, a house of thoughts in my mind. It was my, it was my, uh, it was, you know, the thing that I would just kind of go to. And if you find yourself that you've been struggling with that, maybe you can take the practical things that we talked about and maybe you can like kind of reframe how you approach some things but maybe you need some help and you recognize like I did there's a spiritual strategy and I need it broken over my life because I need to see things the way that God sees them and I see that the will of God is that we would rejoice always that we would give thanks in the name of Jesus so I, let, me, let, me, let me do it this way. If you're struggling in that area and you recognize it, this is the time to get real. I'm, I try to be as real as I can with you because I, I, I want to model something. There's nobody up here who's got their poop in the group. You know what I'm saying? We've all got stuff that we're dealing with. And if you're here and you realize, man, I need some help in that area, I want you to just raise your hand, and we're going to pray for you, okay? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, okay? We're, we all need help. Lord, in Jesus' name right now, I'm praying that you break a strategy of complaint off of your people. Let us be a people of thanksgiving and rejoicing and be a people that understand the edifying and the building up and the... And, and, and the that, that our words can be life or our words can be death. God, help us not to make the mistakes as Paul wrote in Corinthians that, that the people did back in, in Numbers. Help us not to make those kind of mistakes, but help us to be grateful people. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that any, any strategy, any spiritual um, structure that's been released any fiery darts over your people is broken right now in Jesus name and that father we will respond by being thankful people you are an amazing God you are an amazing God now here's what I want you to do here's how we're going to close the service we're going to have people up here to pray with you if you need some help maybe healing finances relationships whatever they're going to stay up here for a little bit um, if you're a guest this morning, we'd love to connect with you. We have got an information desk on the left. You saw it when you came in. We'd love to give you a gift. And here's what I want you to do. It may not be in your comfort zone, but it's okay. We're trying to break out of the mold. I want you to turn to somebody, and I want you to tell them, I'm thankful for you. And maybe give them a reason. I'm thankful that you always are available to pray for people. 
I'm thankful that you're always praying for people before they come in. You're like Anna in the temple. I'm thankful for you too, buddy. I love you, man. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful. Just tell, hey, if it's if you're a mom or dad, tell your kids you're thankful for them. If you're a if you're a young person, tell your mom and dad, I'm so thankful for you. I love you. You you rock, mom. You are the best, Dad. Come on, somebody. Can we put our hands together for Jesus? Have an amazing week. We'll see you next week.